There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. yesterday and we rammed it wrong uh apologies we, on we myself it. we remeeked it that's right uh, that's kind of mean to remeek wilson that that's going to be pulling a remeek wilson like pulling a homer that's the voice of uh robo at forehand seattle rams thanks for coming on and trying to knock this out with me yesterday robo yeah yeah i think I it was, was the first, first happy 40, 40th birthday we did do the 40th birthday uh, yeah 40th plus 10 birthday 40th. yesterday it's but, your 40th uh, birthday yeah, yeah. Knees aren't aren't forty. Knees are about seventy five, but uh, it's it's the heart that counts. Knees are rude. Knees are horrible people. Uh, joining us today, uh, not on mute, is a good friend of the show. Somebody who's been begging me constantly to come on. No Plan B <laughs> underscore on Twitter. It's Brandon P. Bates. Hello, Mr. Bates. Good morning, gentlemen. Let's get weird. So, let's do it. Well, let's get weird. As if that's not normal. First question, we tried to talk about this, but we're two old men who can't really relate. What, do, what is a 420? I mean, I, I know what it is, but do you, was there a celebration of 420? Is there anything that needs to be said here on your part that we didn't cover yesterday, Brandon? Uh, no, no. As far as I know, the only thing happening on 420 is Robert Forehand's birthday. And what yeah. think, 40th birthday. Nothing you know, illegal or legal either way. <laughs> I, the one thing I said in Washington, it's legal. And, uh, I was going to say. I got together with some friends last night. We were chatting, and it's like we started actually talking about the 420 you know, situation. You know, since it's legal in Washington, every day is 420, and so yep. nobody really cared about it as much. It's like, yeah. you want to get high? Just go get high. Walk down to the dis- yeah. dispensary, get your edibles, get your, get your smoke, whatever. It, doesn't, it, it has limited the impact of my birthday. Is 420 uh, discriminatory against other recreational narcotic users? Like, do we need a day for ecstasy users? Do we need, like, August 20th? Does every drug need a day? It seems kind of rude. Uh, you know, like, if you want to do, like, roofie day, like, you know, yeah. July, July 4th, roofie day. Roofie July day yeah. I think July 4th's taken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, everyone's, everyone's drinking having a good time anyway, so it's, you know, easier to be a creeper and stalk your prey. Uh, it's some good Rams talk and some good roofie talk. Speaking of roofies and Rams, we got the schedule this week. Uh, nothing like roofies. To talk. Um, let's just go game by game and talk about this again, Rob. Bait, uh, hop in whenever you want. We talked about the season opener. I think it's going to be really strong. And then what do you think about this week one challenge going to Oakland? Uh, you said week one in Oakland, right? Correct. I don't know. Should be uh... – not not close, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of hype with the the whole McVeigh John Gruden kind of connection there. Uh, it's a pretty depleted team. I, I can't say I'm necessarily impressed with anything that Gruden has done this off season. So, 
Uh, I expect that to be one where everyone's anticipating it because the year is, you know, kind of getting started, but I don't necessarily expect it to be close. A lot closer than I uh, told you yesterday, the one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. One and a half. Yeah, Dude, we can Brent, buy a safety. Brennan, are you diminishing the impact that John Gruden's going to have on uh, the Jared <laughs> Cook effect? Uh, I don't you why banana Jared Cook is not going to just dominate in that offense. There's there's no fixing Jared Cook's hands. You could put banana right. on his fingers if you wanted to, and it's, it's not Rogers fixed him for a little bit. Nah, nah, sorry, can't see it happening. The weird thing about that game, as we talked about, uh, is that they're going to play the Raiders twice in about four or five weeks because they play them in the preseason, right. and then they open up, right? Uh, so sure. we're going to get our fill of Gruden, McVeigh comparisons, love, and just get that stuff done and over with early, which is nice because, you know, rolling the season, we don't have to listen to any of that nonsense. I do think that a big touch on it, obviously we're going to get to this, is this idea of the one-and-a-half line and the competitive balance in the NFL. And I think that's going to be interesting. And it can go both ways. If we end up blowing them out, know that's going to raise that expectation we handled it last year where every time we played teams where we looked at it on paper and said okay this team just doesn't match up with the Rams the Rams stomped them and maybe that's what happens again and we're on that kind of a ride again it's just going to be interesting to see everything's done on this offseason week two is definitely one of those matchups if Oakland is something where we're not sure that there's a talent disparity I think we're all on board that the Arizona Cardinals are probably in for a rough year and the Rams having them at home in week two need to take advantage of that, yeah? Yeah, uh, Sam Bradford having to run for his life from Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue. Uh, I, don't, I don't feel good if I'm a Cardinals fan today. Although, yes. you know, Larry Fitzgerald, is, you know, that poor guy, you know, uh, he, he watched a lot of his talent leave. Uh, you know, he's come back for another season. And he's like, really, this is the team I've, I've come back for? I, mean, no, I think he's going to make a few dollars, but uh, yeah, there's no, really nothing there that's that should be good. And I think you mentioned uh, on the SBAN uh, predictions for each each site, the Cardinals Cardinals guys were the only team out of all the 32 NFL teams that said, "Yeah, we're not going to be good." Yep. Uh, Bate, anything for Arizona? Uh, no, you can probably put me down for a season sweep on the Cardinals until 2020 at least. One. One and a half point favorites? Is that? Am I going too far? Two point favorites? Thirty three point favorites, just like That's last year. Juicy. Let's get juicy. Week three by hashtag Fight for LA. Pay your rent. This one's going to be fun. I said this yesterday. I think the open game is going to be really dumb. I think this Los Angeles Chargers game in week three. That's that's a game I'm really looking forward to, just because of the you know the LA hatred of the Charger invasion in in, uh, in Southern California. Because uh, as we all know, it's just like you know if you're a Charger fan in Los Angeles, you're you're a second class citizen. It goes uh, it's, it's so it's it should be fun. It should be fun in the stands. It should be some good banter. Uh, I don't think you want to bring the kids to that game because there's gonna be lots of uh, you know f bombs being dropped and and, uh, and and words that way. But I think it should be a fun game and it should be. Maybe a little comp- more competitive than, than Rams fans want because I actually think the Chargers might be good. What do yeah, you think? Would, what do you think would, about the Chargers this year, Bate? I would definitely say that this falls in. I wouldn't necessarily call it a trap game because I think that the Chargers are actually pretty well built uh, roster. But um, I don't know a couple things there. Like Rob was touching on, um, obviously the whole fight for LA thing. I love that almost as much as I love traffic updates and uniform talk, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, the, the one thing I'll say about the Chargers, and I don't necessarily know how much 
I know we'll talk about travel and stuff like that with these three away games we've got coming up, but um, the Chargers actually start their season at home and then have to go all the way over to Buffalo in week two and then fly right. back to L.A. to take on take on the Rams. Meanwhile, they're kind of chilling there uh, close to home. So that one, I'll lean, uh, I'll lean Rams that one in that game. Uh, it, it should be close, though. As Rob said, I think it'll be an exciting game. Um, they've got a decent roster, so. I'd expect a good matchup that day, but that's one that I'll chalk up as a W for the Rams looking at the uh, schedule. Yeah, that week two game for the Chargers is an early game. Uh, the Chargers are one of three teams, Oakland, Seattle, and the Chargers, who have to travel uh, 30,000 miles this season. The Rams are not one of them. That's good. But you mentioned the idea of a trap game. If there is that aspect, it's only because of week four. Uh, the Rams are bringing Minnesota, uh, the Vikings, to L.A., one of the two teams in the NFC Championship and a primetime game, Thursday night football on a short week. How do you guys feel about the short week for Minnesota? I don't know that I like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in here. I, this is probably the first one I'll chalk up as, an, as a loss for the Rams on the schedule here. Uh, the only team that held the Rams to seven points uh, last yeah. season. Uh, I mean, I don't see how they're any, any worse, to be honest with you. Not that I think that the Rams can't beat them. Um, of course. Play this game play this game 10 times and, and maybe it's five and five, maybe the Rams best them six, four or more, but um, the Vikings on paper to me look like they're better than last year. Um, and again, <clears throat> I, I, you got to look back at the schedule and think the toughest matchups are the ones where I would expect to lose. Um, again, uh, they could win all of these games, but I'm going to give the, the Vikings the win in week four. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. Uh, it, you know, I think there are three big, three big games right on the schedule that we're, we're all looking at. It's like, they can go either way. Right. Cause uh, it's, as we talked yesterday, if they played 20 times, they could probably split 10 and 10, but I have not seen the Rams stop, uh, establish a home field advantage yet. Uh, it was, it was a great atmosphere last year home against Philadelphia, but it was half Eagles fans. And at the playoff game against the Falcons fans, uh, it was majority Rams fans. It was a great atmosphere, but there was, Atlanta was represented pretty well there as well. And we saw yeah. that you know they've had a, they've swept the road games and they they lost games at home last year. So bringing the Vikings in, uh, you're basically swapping out uh, Kirk Cousins for Case Keenum. I think that's an upgrade. You're also going to have uh, you know as, as we talked about all the Gruden comparisons. You're going to have the, the Keenum talk and the link there with McVay leading that, into that. So uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But that's that's going to be a tough one. And I think I think the Vikings are better this year than they were last year. And they went to the NFC Championship game. So we'll see. I think. I think real quick, I think it's funny that you mention um, like home field advantage. And I don't know if that's necessarily a thing, if they've established that yet or not, but the Rams were a much better team on the road last year than they were at home. They were seven and yeah. one on the road. If you look at, if you exclude the London game, they were three and four in Los Angeles. So I'm not necessarily sure home field advantage works to their advantage or not, but I guess we'll, that'll be a nice segue into having, Three road games in a row here, right? Right, and, and, and the then, one game they did lose last year on the road was Vikings, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think what's yep. interesting is that, you know, we talk about the idea. I know we mentioned this, the idea that the, the when those jersey figures came out, that the only Rams player on the list was Todd Gurley all the way down at like 41st. The Rams just don't have a large fan base yet. And I think that's a combination of sucking for 15 years and – switching locations twice in 25 years and going back to LA where they didn't have a home for 24 years. And so you're trying to build this base and hopefully we'll see some after effects of the successful 2017 season uh, in terms of what it means for attendance. 
you're already seeing it in terms of ticket prices. That's for damn sure. But what they don't have to worry about is attendance issues on the road. And that's that three-game gauntlet from uh, week five uh, through week seven in the middle of October at Seattle, at Denver, at San Francisco. Fate, I asked Rob this yesterday. Which of those three games do you find the most interesting? Uh, that one's pretty easy for me. It's got to be the 49ers game on uh, Sunday night football. Um, of the next three that are coming up, and I don't like doing this more than anyone else, but I'm going to give the 49ers the win there. Janine Garoppolo has done pretty well, obviously, hasn't lost any games. Um, prime time, I don't know. I don't have a great feeling about it. Again, the Rams could crush them, but I'll say this. I'm not worried about the Seahawks. I don't know if they want to call it a, a rebuild or what it is, but um, they lost a lot of talent this offseason. Michael Bennett, Paul Richardson, Jimmy Graham, Sheldon Richardson, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, and I think they replaced them with Barkevius Mingo and Jerron Brown. So color me unimpressed with the Seahawks. Um, and then the Broncos, Vance Joseph almost got fired after one year. Um, and I'll say this, the, the Rams, we talked about how good they were on the road. The Rams scored 261 points in away games last year. The Broncos scored 289 points all year. So, again, I don't care about the travel part. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour flight, I think, to the Broncos. I, I don't know if maybe lack of oxygen due to altitude could play a factor, but I expect them to clean up both of those games. So, for me, again, the answer is that with all the hype, it's the 49ers game. It's pretty easy. What do you think yeah, when, the interesting uh, one to you, Robin? When the schedule came out, I think I told you, uh, the first thing I did is I, I looked to see, because I live in Seattle, when the Rams come to Seattle. And I always looked at the bottom yep. of the schedule because it's been like for 10 years. Rams have always traveled to Seattle in late December when it's just nasty. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find the away game this year, October 7th, which is going to be a pretty decent chance of having a good weather up here. So that was the first thing I looked for. But as far as the interesting goes, uh, I'm, I'm with you on the 49ers. Uh, as good as the Seahawks have been recently, uh, they're not that way now. Uh, it's still the 49ers is, is the Rams' main rivalry. It has been. It will be. It's it's just where it's at. It's you got that interstate hate that's been built up for years and years and years. It, it kind of followed them over to, to St. Louis, and it's certainly back now. So that's that's the game I'm looking at. And they're both two young up and coming teams in the division. When you've seen Arizona and Seattle kind of take the step back, so that's that's the most interesting. There's gonna be good good storylines. Uh, Jimmy G. Um, it's hot. We'll see what, what can happen with that team. But uh, right now, I still think the Rams, I think, are better. Uh, but I, I think that's a game where they, they could stumble. Who knows? But who's the interesting thing about the schedule is Jimmy, Jimmy G. Oh, Chesty Garfofalum. Yeah, 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 that guy. But Yeah, I can't yeah. pronounce his name right. Can't the do that. that. It really Chester, Chester early on is that they don't travel further than Denver in the first eight weeks of the season. So they're going to be fresh. That's uh, that's a big departure from what they've done the last couple of years. So who knows? That maybe that uh, that helps them retain their title as the healthiest team in the league. Yeah. All three games obviously have intrigue. You got Seattle. The last time we played them, obviously forty-two to seven in Seattle. So using that as a measuring stick is going to be interesting. San Francisco. You mentioned it. Jizzy Carhopper. You know, coming off of that streak at the end of the season, you got Sunday Night Football. Uh, that's going to be a popular one. But I, I I think it's one of those things we mentioned it in the Slack chat. Uh, everybody got the Slack chat with uh, Keep to Leap, aka Sosa, uh, myself and Brandon uh, this week. We talked about the idea. You uh, you asked the question. The Rams are sure to cough one up to someone like the Broncos, Lions, and Bears. I don't know, but I think I, that angle I think is really interesting to me, and that's why I, I'm I'm maybe most interested in the Denver game, if only because of 
the other San Francisco wants to be competitive. But when you're playing down the teams, how you approach that, I think a lot of times is more indicative of the best teams in the league versus those that are just competitive. Maybe that's what we get in week eight. You come back off of this three-game road trip and you come back home against Green Bay. What do you guys think about taking on Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off, I guess. I actually looked at these next two games kind of as a pair, um, thinking that the Rams were going to have to lose one of them. Um, obviously, the Packers get Aaron Rodgers back, which is huge. Um, but I'm going to say that the Rams take care of business at home, bounce back from that uh, that Sunday night loss. I think McVay gets the boys together, and, and they win that one. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I'm going to. Um, and then, obviously, they got to make that trip, that first long trip across to the Saints, who I think are, again, one of those uh, contenders for the uh, for the entire NFC. And it'll be close. I think it'll be one of those shootout games. But I'm going to give the edge to the Saints on that one. They're both interesting. What do you think, Rob? Uh, I, I, think, I tend to agree. Uh, you know, the Packers have had some, some change of their own this offseason. Uh, I've got a good friend here who's a big-time Packer fan. He, last night he was complaining about their – Lack of attention to the defense and especially their secondary. Uh, we'll see what they do in the draft, but he, you know, he just he was lamenting that in their offensive line issues. Um, I, I think the Rams could take care of business there as well. Uh, they did bring Jimmy G over, so he's the new Jared Cook slash Martellus Bennett slash every other tight end they bring in to to, to help him out there. And you know, whoever whoever tends to go there tends to do a. a pretty decent job so we'll see what a right can do with with jimmy jimmy graham but uh I, I do think they can take care of that but the next game that next week is is the one that really kind of bothers me on the schedule i just i don't like the saints i don't like the matchup i don't like sean payton i don't like anything about those guys i love their players like you know kamara i love watching that guy play Lattimore, whatever but that's just a team that is has got me a little a little worried about what how the boys are going to show up yeah i'm interested in the packers oh i gotta sneeze hold on <clears throat> Okay, we'll do Let's, it live. I'm, I'm interested in how the Packers manage this gauntlet in October and November. Here's their uh, schedule. They got uh, Chesty Hufflepuff in the San Francisco 49ers week six, Monday night football. Then they get their bye week week seven. Then they've got the Rams in week eight. So you get Monday night football bye week, a late game on Sunday at the Rams, week nine at the Patriots on Sunday night football. That's a rough road. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the Packers are coming out of that uh, three-game, four-week stretch looking like as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy because obviously last year without him, they really struggled. And, yeah, you guys mentioned that New Orleans game. That's the Saints' only home game in a four-game stretch. They're at Baltimore, at Minnesota, home for the Rams, and then at Cincinnati. Obviously, by the time we get to mid-November, we're going to get some clarity across the league, which is great. Uh, The next game, though, is – I mentioned this yesterday. It's the earliest that we'll close out our two-game series with Seattle since 2006, Sunday, November 11th. Uh, the Rams invite the Seahawks uh, at a site where they uh, lost a five turnover game last year. I know you said you weren't worried about the Seahawks. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about closing out the Seattle series this this early? And Rob, I'll shoot it to you since you're the native. Um, and, and just the idea that the 49ers now are getting top billing in the NFC West across the Rams more so than the Seahawks. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's an indication of where Seattle is as opposed to what where the Rams are. Uh, you know, when Seattle's good and rolling, they kind of get those those games at home, uh, and now they're not as relevant. So they've kind of you know come back to the pack a bit and, and the scheduling matrix. And here in town, people here don't even know what to make of this team with all the turnovers Brenda mentioned earlier on this team. You got things in the paper like two days ago. Uh, they're talking about a, a front page of the sports section finding Russell Wilson's replacement. 
<laughs> Seriously? You're going to look for Russell Wilson's replacement. So they're kind of a mess. They're look, I mean, they're bringing in, uh, you know, they're trying to beef up their offensive line, but you know, they're still bringing in just a bunch of guys. And, and so people here are actually talking about Mariners, whereas in the past five years, you haven't, someone opens their mouth and talks sports in the city. It's been Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. Now uh, they've kind of come back to the pack a little bit and, and other things are, are drawing their attention and, you know, the sports talk, whatever, it's all, what was me? And so it, I think that's an indication of where the Seahawks are as a franchise and not so much about the Rams. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't sweat the Seahawks. I'm not sweating them. We were, we were competitive and good against them when we sucked. And now that we're pretty good, uh, you know, that, that might be something with Jeff Fisher because he always kind of found a way to, to compete against good teams and not against the teams he should beat. But uh, I, yeah. I, I just don't think that Seahawks matchup is one that we should be too worried about. Then let's move on. Week 11, Brandon, Semana 11, Ciudad de México, Kansas City, Tijepas. ¿Cuáles son nuestras posibilidades? ¿Qué se ¿Podemos competir en este entorno? What do you think? Uh, tacos de lengua. Yeah, you know it. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think like about this. the Chiefs? I like this game. This will be a good one. Obviously, primetime Monday night, the whole Marcus Peters, Sammy Watkins thing. Obviously, looking for a shutdown there. And the Chiefs are a good team. I'm not sure why, but looking at the schedule here, it, I just I don't see it for the Chiefs, and I'm not 100% why, or sure why. Obviously, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. I think primarily it's just that our defense is going to be that good this season. Uh, primetime game, a lot of pressure for a young quarterback. Uh, I give the Rams the edge in this one. Is this the best offense that they'll face to this point? Is that between, I guess, Green Bay, New Orleans, Kansas City, I guess maybe you could throw something to in. Uh, Jersey Carhopper, and there, I'm running out. I should have written down more names for him before we started. Uh, is this the, is this the best offense that we faced at this point? I don't think so. Uh, look at the Saints. Oh. Um, I mean, I think they're they're right there because one thing that that uh, Andy's been able to do there is, is is keep that offense relevant. You know, even with Alex sure. Smith, and um, that's he's a good offensive coach. That's not, I mean, and they've got tons of talent on that team. Uh, but you know, I, I wouldn't discount the Saints. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, what's his name? Has uh, has them kind of roll a little bit, and I think Shani has kind of got that figured out. I think the Vikings are still going to be pretty good offensively. Um, the Chargers should be pretty good offense. I mean, we're going to see some pretty good offenses this year. I'm not sure that the Chiefs are any better than those those other teams. I think they're all pretty they good. Would. I think it's. I, I I'm kind of with Rob on this. I think it's hard to tell with with Mahomes just yet. I know Chiefs sure. fans are obviously excited, but. Um, for all the bad things that are said about Alex Smith, he's he's a pretty darn good quarterback. So I would say that the Saints are easily. I mean, we saw what they did last year. I don't I don't anticipate them right. going backwards in any regard on offense. So, but that is a tough stretch. I mean, if you look about it, if uh, Jumbo Garoppolo can get them going in in uh, in San Francisco, and then you've got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Drew Brees and the Saints, another bye week with the Seahawks, and then have to take on the uh, the Chiefs oh, week with the Seahawks. Pretty brutal stretch. Then we get an actual bye week in week 12. So the, the, the bye week with Seattle in week 10, notwithstanding. Week I'm 12 sorry. That. It's unbecoming of me. It was, but acceptably unbecoming. Week 13, week 14, NFC North road games at Detroit, at Chicago. What are the, what are the chances the Rams drop this? Obviously, you know, under Jeff Fisher, we would have felt, I won't say certain, but that there was a likely chance that the Rams just lose one of these games because that's what we did. Things have changed. Have, have they changed to the degree that we feel like absolutely comfortable with these? What do you guys think? 
I yeah, uh, I picked I picked the Lions as my my game where I think the Rams might trip up and just lose one and and boot one they shouldn't. And I think we talked yesterday and you had the Bears. Uh, I, I can do. easily see I can either easily see that being flip flop, but there's you know back to back travel to the Midwest. It's their you know, second the last trip of the year basically. Um, I could see that coming out of Thanksgiving. So maybe it's not the Lions because you know they'll probably be focused on Thanksgiving. But then you got the Bears with a, a, you know Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe they look past him because the Eagles are on the schedule next. I could see a you know a spot in there where they you know take their eye off the ball a little bit and and, and miss. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not seeing it. I, I when I first saw the schedule, I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, what are the games that they should definitely win, and which one of those are they definitely gonna? unnecessarily lose and at first I was like well the Lions are obviously the better team but then I'm like okay playing the Bears in Chicago in December I mean you don't know if there's weather I would literally only give it to them if there were inclement weather but Mm -hmm. I I went back and looked at the Lions and the Bears schedule and they both have really early buys so I think it's week five for the Lions week six for the Bears so they're running on seven or eight weeks um, where they may be getting dinged up maybe getting a little tired as the season wears on and the Rams have what, 13 days to prepare for the Lions. So in controlled temperatures, I don't necessarily see the Lions um, being that much of a threat. And then again, unless for some reason the Bears are just this crazy turnaround team, which they've got some talent. I know they've added some people, but until I see Mitch Trubisky doing it, I'm not exactly sure that I'm, I'm buying what they're selling. So I've got those two marked down as, as wins as well. Hopefully week 12, um, assuming they're in any kind of good health, they they get even healthier and obviously get a – a breath of fresh air heading into the, the latter part of the season, maybe to push for the play. Well, not put, not maybe hopefully push deep into the playoffs, but um, I don't I actually don't, I don't dislike the, the week 12 bye. at first. I was like, man, that's really long, especially for 37 year old guys like Andrew Whitworth, but I don't necessarily hate the placement. I like it. Uh, interesting measuring stick angle. Uh, Detroit plays Chicago in week t- 10 and week 12, and then plays us in week 13 being able to figure out where we're at at that point. You get a decent measuring stick out of the Lions. Uh, and then Chicago will be 14. And that leads into uh, the three big games to close out the season. Week 15, Philadelphia at home, Sunday night football. Let's take that one on first. The rematch. Remix. What do you think, Bates? I don't know. If, Car- if Carson Wentz is healthy, I mean, obviously, we he got injured in that game last year, and they still found a way – to not only beat us, but then to go on to win the Super Bowl. The Eagles haven't lost a lot of players, and I don't know. It's just one. I hate to I hate to chalk it up as a loss. Obviously, I'd love to see the Rams beat the Eagles in Week 15, but I also think if it's one that they it's a close game and, and they somehow somehow lose that one, that maybe it's good motivation to you know get their asses in gear because. The way I look at the schedule, the last one that they would have lost would have been week nine to the Saints. So I think it's a good point if they're going to lose one to to kind of reflect on it and go, you know what, obviously they're going to see – I would anticipate they see the Eagles again in the playoffs at some point, assuming they're they're making that deep run. So I'm okay if they lose to the Eagles. I would expect it to be close again, as they were last year. Um, But that's the last loss I've got for them, week 15 to the Eagles. The good thing about the Eagles schedule and how it sets up for us is that they've got the NFC East run coming in before that. They play New York at home in week 12. They've got Monday night football against Washington, uh, week 13, Alex Smith's new home, and then uh, week 14, they'll be at the Dallas Cowboys for week 15. They've got a little gauntlet. They've got to run there. 
I know it's late in the season. It's one of those games that's so late, Rob. It's hard to really know where the Rams or Eagles are going to be at where we get there. How do, how do you see this Eagles game getting? Well, it's the big question for me with the Eagles is is how many games will Nick Foles play, and is he going to be the same guy that he was for them down the stretch last year? I mean, there's no reason to think that Peterson would have him play pretty well, but you never know. He could, you know, he could come back to earth and be Nick Foles of a couple of years ago and irrelevant. Sure. Or he could be the same guy and awesome, and then we have a QB controversy. You, you, know, you switch him up. There's some of that in there. So if you know, if Wentz comes back early, obviously you like Wentz. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this game. It's the game I'm most looking forward to going to because I went to that game last year. It was an awesome atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of Eagles fans around me, but they were all you know pretty nice people. Had a good time. Uh, it was just it was a heck of a lot of fun. But my kid's an Eagle fan, so I feel as a father there. But so we're, we're going to go back to that game, and I'm I'm hoping that. Uh, Sean McVay will have the boys ready. Man, that's a game that this is the point I would like to bring up. That's a game that we had one and two. Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havison went out for a couple of plays, and right. uh, our backups were exposed, and we lost off a strip sack fumble. Uh, that's how we lost the game. Uh, that was after even once was hurt. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a fun game. It should be a you know a big time game. It's you know prime time, and. Uh, but it's a toss-up. It's definitely a toss-up. We just don't know enough about what the Eagles are going to do this year with their quarterback situation. They've got plenty of talent. We just don't know what version we're going to have. So we'll, we'll have to see this, how that kind of shakes out throughout the year. Well, you don't have to worry about that. The Rams shored up their offensive line depth uh, this recently. They re-signed Cornelius Lucas and Darrell Williams. So you can put those concerns at the top. I'm sure that week 16. Maybe the weirdest game of the season at Arizona in week 16, sandwiched in between these big games against Philadelphia. I don't know, this one just seems not like a waste of time, but it seems like the Rams have more to lose than they have the game. No, that's a waste of time. Yes. Okay. Let's Sean Mannion start. Let Sean Mannion Great. and uh, Malcolm Brown go play that game. Fair enough. Week 17, are they going to do it again? Is it, are, are we, it, let, let me <clears> ask you this. It, let's, say, let's say it's the same situation. The Rams have locked up a home – a playoff game. Let's say the third seed. They, they they don't have much to play for. They, they're not gonna you know get the sixth seed or get bounced out of the playoffs. Are they gonna rest everybody again? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again, Bate. What do you think? Oh, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Assuming the situation where they don't have anything to gain. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they. I, I don't question the call last year. Obviously, it's he thought was the right thing to do. He's a NFL coach, and I'm clearly not. Um, so if that situation arose again, I would assume he would do the exact same thing. Um, I will say this. I mean, I've got them at four losses at this point. If for some reason 12 and four is, means a, a first-round bye, um, then clearly we're in there stomping that 49ers ass, sure. I'd hope. Yeah, I mean, that that's the real difference is if the buy's available, which it wasn't this year. I, I we'll have to yeah. see when we get there what the standings shake out like. What do you think about this late San Francisco game, Robin? Yeah, I'm in agreement there. It's, it all depends on where they're at with the uh, playoff seeding. If they have the bye, I see this being maybe like a uh, a third, pre, a fourth preseason game, or maybe you know second preseason game might probably more apt. But going there, let's start to play for a half. You know, put the foot in the ass, get them down, and maybe you get them out. I don't, I don't think McVay rests those guys two weeks in a row uh, if they have the bye locked up. If there's if there's no bye locked up and you know they have to play next week. Uh, I, I think he sits him again. I think it was the right call then. It'll be the right call again. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Um, let, let's look at the losses. Where did you have those L's, Brandon? You had what, Minnesota and New Orleans? Is that right? And you had two others? 
Uh, I had Minnesota week four. I gave us the L uh, against the 49ers on week seven. Week seven. Right. Saints in week nine and Eagles in week 15. So 12 and yeah. four is where I have us right now. Hard to edge Kubel with. Rob, what do you think? I had uh, 13 and three. I, I, you know, in my head, I wanted to go 16 and 0, but that's just not realistic sure. in today's NFL. Uh, there's, you know, there's, they're going to lose some games. I, I'd probably be wrong on these. I, when I first did it. I had Vikings, Saints, Lions, uh, Eagles, and then I thought, well, there's no way they're going to lose all the big games. Uh, they'll, they'll figure a way to get some, some of those done. So then I throw a boot right. game in there. I called it Vikings, Saints, Lions. But uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they won those big games and maybe they booted some some bad ones. Maybe they lost like 49ers yeah, no. and. And, and bears or something, but you know, 13 and three, 12 and four again, I could see that happening again. Uh, it should be a fun schedule. It should be fun, fun year. Yep. I'm right there with sheds, you guys. Go ahead, Brad. Oh, good. I was going to say, I think yeah, it sheds any light on how good we are at this last year when we did our predictions. Um, I think I had the, the closest and I gave us an eight and eight, which was just the best I could do to get us over seven and nine. But most people I think had the Rams at five or six wins. So no, no, no. The professor had 16 and zero, and I think he was, no, he did. He sure did. <laughs> uh, I will have to see. I want, I wonder where the professor is going to come up with this. year. I wonder how radically it will change that. Uh, I'm working with you guys. I'm not 11 and five. I think the Raiders week one as a loss Vikings in week four. I'm scrolling down. I got the saints in week nine. Uh, the Bears as a wackadoo loss in 14, and then I've got Week 17 having us sitting the starters again and taking the loss. Here's the thing, though. It's really not even the, – the prediction game is almost going to change this year because if you look at it on paper, and I tweeted this out, there's no, there's no game in which you look at and say the Rams can't win. They can win. I, I, I get it that it's unlikely. Rob's correct. On the whole, looking at a 17-week season, it's unlikely that the Rams go 16-0 and but there's not a game that you can look at on paper and look at it that we're at a disadvantage with. It's almost a different situation where you're trying to figure out, okay, we got to lose some games somewhere. I just don't know which ones because the Rams are just damn good on paper. Well, I mean, if you think about it, we, we obviously made it to the playoffs with the, in the first year with Sean McVay as a coach. And I don't think anyone expected the offense to stall like that against the, the Falcons. So with all the moves they've made this off season, I mean, we're talking about, deep playoff runs, all-in, Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to think that they can beat any of these teams, and certainly some of the ones that I've selected, I'd, I'd like to think they win those as well. But 16, yeah. no, I, I'm not doing that. We uh, Let's push the takeaways back to after this brutal discussion because I think you mentioned the Super Bowl, and that's really the framing that I think it, it is interesting to me. My, my biggest two things going into the season are going to be, number one, Jared Goff's development in his third season – but also expectations is this idea of that, that people are already talking the Super Bowl in the back of every sentence that I, when we, when I tweeted some stuff out about the schedule and, you know, record predictions, I had people saying, you know, 12 and four at worst, which obviously people like that cannot uh, appropriately estimate what worst means. Um, the, the, the level of what's going into the season is so high think people have completely lost calibration of things and I think yours was probably the best reaction to Will Brinson's tweet if only because it was measured enough and well uh, I guess phrased enough that it didn't come out as being emotionally reactive the way that some people are on Twitter here's what his tweet was this is Will Brinson from CBS Sports for listeners he wrote it's easy to be bullish on the Rams this year 
But what an absolutely brutal stretch this is for the defending NFC West champs. He's talking about weeks five through 11, where we go at Seattle, at Denver, at San Francisco, home against the Packers, at New Orleans, home against Seattle, and then New Mexico City against the Chiefs. Brandon, you took some umbrage with that tweet. What, what was it about the word brutal that you, uh, I guess, didn't like? Yeah, that, that tweet did get me some kind of salty. Um, and I don't know what offends me more, Joe. The fact that he took the Vikings game out and then made a seven-game stretch that included the bye week, or simply that the teams that he selected, what's brutal about it? I mean, it's not, it's not 2014. We don't have the, the Seahawks and the Broncos playing in, in the Super Bowl, so I'm not exactly sure what warrants brutal with a, a team that's as decimated from a roster standpoint. And again, the last time we played them, I mean, we just annihilated them. So I I don't really understand the tweet. I don't guess had he moved it up and maybe say added the chargers and the Vikings, that makes a little bit more sense. I think both of those are teams that obviously could, could give the Rams a run, but I'm not sure why it starts with the Seahawks and ends with the bye week Is it the Seahawks inclusion? Is Is it because you hate the Seahawks? I just I wonder like why did it exclude the Vikings? Gotcha. And yeah, no, the Seahawks are they're garbage. They're bad. I don't, they're I don't bad. think he's he's looked at a transaction wire this year because I don't think he realizes what happened uh, to that roster up here. It was brutal. Um, so here's the here's the definition of brutal. Uh, it was this is uh, Merriam-Webster two a grossly ruthless or unfeeling, cruel, cold-blooded, harsh, severe unpleasantly accurate and incisive in terms of the brutal truth or very bad or unpleasant. Now, here's what I think maybe we differ is that to, to me, the brutality of it is just representative of the challenge. And I think it is a very, very challenging run. The difference is, like you said, this is in 2014, the Rams proved last year, they are probably good enough to stand up to the biggest challenges. Obviously the biggest challenge of all is the playoffs. I, I, definitively I would argue that the playoffs is by definition and structure brutal by its very nature where you know one loss and your season's over that's a very unforgiving environment I think the question is are the Rams good enough to handle a brutal stretch like that this year I think they are and I I don't think that takes away from the brutality of it that's why maybe I disagree with you that I'd agree with Grinson I think it is a brutal stretch I also think it's a stretch that they could come out six and one from so what, let me ask you this. So what's brutal about, let's say they condensed it to five games. If you started at the Sunday night or at the 49ers and went down to the Chiefs, sure. that, that I would say is easily the most difficult part of the schedule. But what is, what is brutal about a two-and-a-half-hour flight to Seattle and, and Denver and playing those teams? By the way, the, the first four teams in that brutal stretch were 27 and 37 last year. So unless we're expecting some huge turnarounds, I, I, just, I, I don't know that I see it. So let's do this. Let's take the Seahawks and Broncos out. If it was at 49ers, home against the Packers, at New Orleans, home against Seattle, and then Mexico City against the Chiefs, would you say that was a brutal five-game run? I'm sending Will Brinson a high-five emoji <laughs> for, for a great Amen. tweet. <laughs> for a great, great tweet. tweet. Well done. Will <laughs> so fair enough. I think it, I, maybe it's that those two games, and I think that's not necessarily unfair. Maybe it's just the nature of being on the road three games in a row and just the idea that like you said it's not it's not as if it's going to buffalo they're not having to travel far to go to seattle and denver uh, but i don't but again, know I'll, it, I'll, it, ask, it, I'll ask this then i mean 
is it is it just the fact that they're on the road? Because again, the Probably. Rams were a better the Rams were a better team on the road last year. So sure. does Will Brent know that they were seven and one? <clears throat> that they scored 261 points? Does he know that the 2017 Rams offense scored more points on the road than the 2001 Rams offense? I can keep going. I can keep <laughs> going. Here's what I think. Here's the question is, and Rob, I'll throw this to you. Regardless of what anybody, us, will bring anybody, observer, thinks is brutal, are the, are the Rams in position again? I, I don't – obviously I'm biased – are the Rams better positioned to handle brut- brutal stretches this season than anybody in the NFC? Or, or, or is there a concern that the, the competitive nature is so high that they might not be able to stand up to the even a five-game brutal run? What do you think? Well, you know, as far as if you just want to look at, are they better equipped than anybody else in the NFC to take this brutal stretch? Uh, yeah, maybe with all the moves they've made, they, you know, they they certainly position themselves to be that that team. But I think the big thing for the season is how is Sean McVay going to handle success? Sure, uh, it was pretty easy with a with a third place schedule, third fourth place schedule last year to come in. I shouldn't say easy, but it was easier to come in with a, you know, a softer schedule to make that impact and you know to do what he did. But now he's got expectation, and now he's got a growing fan base who is delusional at times thinking that they've already won the Lombardi trophy. Uh, he's got, a, you know, manage that ex- expectations. He's got to keep his guys focused. Uh, that, I think that's, that's the, the story for me this, this year. How is Sean McVay going to do in year two with a completely different mindset and set of expectations on his shoulder? Uh, I, I love Sean McVay. I would uh, marry him right now if I could. So I'm going to say that he'll be able to do it, but uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I want to see, you know, the growth of, of Sean McVay and see if he's able to, to uh, you know, keep it going as the lead horse as opposed to the chase guy. But yeah, as far as, you know, are the Rams, you know, can they, can they weather this brutal stretch? Of course they can. Uh, as we've talked earlier, I could see them going 16 and 0, not yep. realistic, but I don't right. see that there's not a game on the schedule where I'm thinking, wow, uh, we're in trouble here. It's, it's across the board. So yeah, I, th- I think they're fine. I think they're fine. Uh, but I do again. It's it's the Rams fan base expectations. Uh, if, if they if they go like you said, like you have them going eleven five, I think some some fans we know would be calling for shopping base head. How do you go? How do you lose five games? I know it's rough. You should be thirteen and three or fourteen and two. So I think the fans uh, are maybe maybe brought back to reality of how the NFL actually works this year. As we talked yesterday, uh, this is a league built for parity. Teams can become good, as we saw last year. Uh, overnight, uh, and, and so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm with, with expectations and and the Rams of this coming up season. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, you know, one of the things I've repeated often this off season is the idea that five of the six teams in the playoffs last year weren't there two years ago, which means there are 11 teams in the NFC that have made the playoffs the last two years. That's why in the Slack yesterday I mentioned the idea that I could see 10 different teams winning the NFC last year this year. But you seem kind of flabbergasted at that number. You don't, you don't see the competitive uh, balance being that strong? I don't know, man. You're talking about over – what do you say? You said 10 over 10 teams? I, I, I can see two teams. I mean, the, just the idea that there have been 11 teams in the playoffs the last two years, I can see – I mean, you could make the case for 11 teams even. I, I, granted, one of those teams would obviously be the Seahawks. And I get it, you're not a fan. But throw the 49ers there in, in place of the Seahawks as a potential – NFC contender. I, I just think the competitive balance across the conference is really, really high. 
Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that. I think I was still just overly salty about the brutal tweet. I love I love Twitter salt. There's nothing there's nothing that seasons the internet better than, than Twitter saltiness. Do we need it's to talk blinded. about pizza? Do, do we need to talk about pizza? Hot pizza I can, I can talk about tandoori chicken pizza if you'd like. Wow. <laughs> wow. All foods represent. Hey, let's not. Um I don't know. Anything else on the season that we need to close out before we sprinkle a little draft talk and things out here? Is there anything we left unsaid? I don't necessarily know that we left anything out of it, but I, I would say that there's one other thing that, that kind of fell in the Rams' favor. I think they are the of the East Coast or West Coast teams that have to travel. I guess West Coast teams. They only have two 10 a.m. games, and luckily for yep. them, it comes it comes after the bye, and that. The two is the lowest of any NFL team. I was looking at it, and uh, yeah. both the both the Chargers and the Raiders, obviously not direct competition in our division, but both of those, including the their London games, have uh, they have four where they've got to travel like all the way over to the East Coast for the Miamis, the Baltimores, Buffalo. Um, so I think they're fortunate in that regard. They've only got, like I said, two. It's back to back Lions and Bears, and it's after the bye week. So I don't know. Looking at the schedule originally, I. I Kind of had some qualms with it, but it it uh it actually looks pretty good to me. Lions, Tigers, and Bears. What do you think, Robin? Yeah, I c- I couldn't argue with anything you just said there. Uh, the two 10 a.m. games, uh, a little bit opposite. You know, people in this town are complaining about the schedule. You know, having to make the London trip. You know, Crimea River Seahawks. We've we've done it what three years in a row, two years in a row. Uh, so the, I think the travel thing really sets up nicely for them. Uh, they should be fresh late into the season. Uh, the one, the one thing that concerns me about the season is depth at certain positions. And we talked about yesterday, what's going to happen with this team. If, uh, if say Whitworth's uh, age catches up to him and he's out at say week four, something happens against the Vikings and Oh no, Daryl Williams is our left tackle and Roger Saffle is there to kind of help him out. And then Saffle gets a sprain or something. He misses two weeks. So then you've got two, two of you guys you need to play every game out, uh, I think they could fall like a house of cards on us. But that's that's the only concern I have is, is some depth at a few spots where we have some age, and uh, that, that's it. Outside of that, I I, I think we're we're set to have a fun year. No faith. Yeah, one Cornelius no faith. Old Cornelius Lucas. That's really the hinge that the Rams 2018 season depends on. One random note I'll throw out there that I was looking at when we were talking about Seattle. Their schedules are heavily front-loaded away games. They've got Three out of the first four, and what is this? The four, six, six out of the first nine games are on the road. Now, obviously, what that means is when you look at the back end, four out of the last five games are at home. So I do wonder if they're able to weather that storm, whether or not we're talking about Seattle in a different way at the end of the season when they're looking at all those home games. Two games against San Francisco, they don't play the 49ers till week 13. So the NFC West is going to be a lot of fun this year, and obviously for the Rams, the way that they're stacked up to be a lot of fun regardless. What may not be fun for some fans is the 2018 draft because the Rams just aren't involved until pick 87. So we're going to have to sit there on day one without being involved and then have to wait through round two, waiting to see if Les Snead pulls off a signature Snead trade to get involved. Uh, But by the time we do, we'll get a chance to address some of that depth and maybe find some new friends for Cornelius Lucas. What do you guys think about the draft? We're, we're, you know, we're sitting at it just waiting for the draft to come to us at 87. Obviously, people are looking at offensive line depth, outside linebacker, inside linebacker. I think this is an easy draft to nail because there's a good chance that we don't have a single starter 
that's not on the roster right now where we could just be drafting for depth and, you know, futures and not necessarily any talent disparity that we need to address right now. What do you guys think about the draft? Hey, you weren't on yesterday, so I'll start with you. What, what are you looking forward to in the draft? Is there anything you think the Rams have to do? How do you feel about what's going down there? Well, for starters, the draft kind of died for me this time last year when the Rams selected Cooper Cup after I told oh, them Cooper. not to do that. What a dumb now, move. That, that obviously worked out. Um, he's certainly more than an oversized slot receiver. So I'll start with that. My apologies to Mr. Cooper Cup. He was fantastic last season. Um, but, no, you, I mean, you touched on it. Um, obviously, the, the main positions they're looking to, I guess, add depth to um, are along that offensive line. Rob touched on it. If, if Andrew Whitworth goes down, we're in big trouble. Um, they certainly need to look for somebody who can – kind of develop behind him this year, maybe next year. I don't know how long he's going to be playing. Like I said, I think he's 37 before the end of this year in December. Um, and then the linebacker positions, obviously, they've got the defensive line solidified. Um, I, I guess it was Vinny on Twitter was saying that uh, they really like what they see out of uh, Samson and Corey Littleton. So I don't know if those are their intentions is to plug those guys in there and, and address maybe depth at some other positions. Certainly they're good on the back end. Um, with the cornerbacks, the DBs. Um, so who they're going to get or who they're going to draft, I have no idea because you're right. Les Snead seems to want to move all over the place. Um, I will say this morning, I, it was, I believe Josh Norris had tweeted out um, that he feels that the, the real strength of the draft is between positions or I guess picks 75 and, and 150. So fortunately for the Rams, they're, they've got what, four picks in there. Um, so that's good news. I do expect them to move around a little bit, um, whether they're targeting starters or, or kind of guys to fill in his depth roles. I don't know, but I'm excited to see it, um, obviously, next Friday. Wait, you mean you the strength of the draft wasn't in the sixth round? Because that's where we're going to dominate. That's where we have all the picks. <laughs> Robbo, you're a Cooper Cup hater and you love mock drafts. What do you think? Yeah, uh, we, talk, we, we spoke yesterday about this, and then uh, we had to you know, come back and do this again because my awful. Uh, you know what? The, the thing that's really interesting is uh, Jimmy Johnson was known for building his team in the mid sure. middle of the draft, right? Trading away, let's just stockpile those picks, whatever. Uh, so of our eight, wait, eight selections, what's the? I think I asked Joe yesterday. What's what are you guys over under for number of Senior Bowl participants being drafted by the Rams this year? Uh, I think it was four, right, or five. Yeah. Yep, yeah, five-ish. It's just it seems like the Rams scouting department uh, tends to go towards those guys. And there's an article in the Boston Globe talking about uh, with the new CBA rules how teams are how 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 much longer it's taking teams to develop players to become NFL ready. And it's almost the Rams did a study after their RG RG three failure. Uh, it's it's taken them about three years to get guys ready to play. Now that's not the rule. That's just that's just kind of you know a vague generality. Uh, you know there are exceptions, Cooper Cup and John Johnson, but I think that leads into their draft strategy. If they're taking older guys who are maybe a little more prepared, maybe they play in pro systems, uh, guys uh, at the Senior Bowl, they're taking those kind of guys who maybe have a little bit more NFL ready caliber uh, talent set rather than guys that are gonna have to spend more time developing. And in the short window when they're they're clearly trying to go for it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to see a lot of uh, a lot of guys that maybe will will be in that mold. Uh, but as you spoke earlier, I don't see that they're not going for starters. I mean, they might come away with an edge guy here or there, maybe an inside linebacker. But for the most part, the guys who they're going to draft this year are going to be fighting for 
the back of the 53. So they'd be playing, you know, special teams or they'll be practice squad guys. That's where this team is at. They, their first round draft pick this year is Brandon Cooks. Uh, they, they've traded for Akeem Tlaib. They traded for Marcus Peters. So that was our draft this year, getting those guys. Um, so what they're going to do here, it might not be sexy, but it should fill, you know, fill out the, the back end of this roster with, with a little bit of upgrade of what they've got now. So Mike Thomas, I wouldn't get too comfy because your job as uh, as like gunner could be, could be in jeopardy. Yeah, uh, here's our draft order, third round, 87th overall pick. That's the 23rd in round. That's the only pick uh, that we were assigned organically based on our normal draft order because of our record and strength of schedule. All the rest of our picks have been attained via trade. We've got three in the fourth round, the 11th, 35th, and 36th picks of the fourth round. That's 111, 135, 136. And then in round six, we've got the second pick, the ninth pick, the 20th, and the 21st. That's 176, 183, 194, 195. Obviously, if you just search Rams draft order, I think it's one of the first you should find that. Uh, Going to be fun. Uh, any parting shots? Any any thoughts on the draft? T- chicken, tandoori pizza, Cooper Cup, brutal, um, anything. Brandon, I'll throw it to you first. I, I, let me mention this. I don't know if you saw this. Sammy Watkins has a tweet you might that might help us. From the heavens to earth. I will continue to build. Thank you, Lord. Hashtag Amen. A H M E N. Hashtag Starship Fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sammy, I, I miss you already, Sammy. I I, do. I'm not sure I've understood a single one of his tweets. To be honest with you, it seems like he might be celebrating 420 on more days than 420. <laughs> Sammy might be living 420. Yes. Yeah, hey, I don't even know what that means. Here's a, here's a draft quick. quick. Do the Rams go tight end again this year? Do they need like a seventh tight end? I, I never that, that, at the Senior Bowl go they ahead. talked to like they talked to like four or five guys at the Senior Bowl. I'm not sure just off the top which ones are kind of going to be available. I guess mid to late rounds. Um, so but I don't know. Maybe, what I don't made me think of that was when you started talking about like cryptic tweets because my favorite tight end on the roster is the best. Twitter follow on all of Rams, uh, the Rams team, uh, Tamaric Hemingway. That guy. Tamaric Hemingway, team. Yeah, he's 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 right up there on top of this Twitter game with Sammy Watkins. I don't know oh, how Tameric. he do it. I don't know how anybody does Janoris, it when it comes to Twitter. I missed the Janoris Jenkins tweets. Unblock everybody me, Janoris. Janoris. Unblock well, me, Janoris. Janoris is a better follow on Instagram, man. I, Janoris's Instagram is um, it's one of those oh, things I where I learn more about the word the world by following Janoris on Instagram. Um, and I wish I was like him. I guess that's all I'm saying. Go let your dogs out, man. It's been a fun episode. Uh, let's get at it next week uh, with the draft. Robbo, thanks for coming on. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Jen. All right. Save Tavon. Tavon Austin is in the house. 2018 draft. The great thing about the draft is that, uh, like you said, we're just drafting for depth. Got all these late picks. We just got to find guys to come in and supplement the roster because it's going to be a hell of a season. Uh, that was Brandon Bates, no plan B underscore on Twitter, and Robbo, Rob Forehand, Seattle Rams underscore NFL. Joining me, 3K, another episode of Turn Show Radio. We'll be back next week. Go Rams. More uniform talk.
sock. I catch what they throw me and I like the block. I'm quick off the line as I can be, cause I don't want dick running over me. This is baby's face and I don't yield. I'm a Texan fool on the football field. From the Jersey Shore to Baboa Bay. If you run at me, you'll have a bad day. This is RB, no speedball brown. Fastest man in the whole damn town. Cars and ladies are a part of my creed. But more than that, I feel the need for speed. This is Tetris. I can make a one. With shade done, I can catch a BB in the dark. So now you're ready and I'm sure you'll agree. The ramming is fun when you're ramming with me. Uniforms are stupid. Hey, I'm Anil Dash, and I'm the host of a new show called Function from the Vox Media Podcast Network and Glitch. This season, we're talking with experts about why our voting machines are so bad and how that might hurt our elections. We'll also talk with an animator to find out how popular dances from the real world end up in video games. And we're going to tackle the biggest question in tech. Why do so many celebrities use screenshots from that Apple Notes app to make their public apologies when they screw up? You can find new episodes of Function every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks to Microsoft Azure for sponsoring Function.